Hi, my name is Aida Serino Lee. I'm a holistic health practitioner and integrative nutrition coach, and I'm so excited to share my story today with Ms. Pearl. another conversation with Pearl. And today I'm excited because I love the health and wellness and I love, you know, part of your self-care is how you take care of yourself. And so today my speaker is Ida Serena Lee and our guest is a holistic health practitioner and health coach. She's a speaker and author that has worked in the healthcare system for over 25 years. Wow. She's been a registered MA and lab tech. And as a result of her coaching, her clients get the skills and empowerment to control prevent and even reverse chronic diseases, navigate our sick health care system, break those bondages to medication and their side effects, release some weight, and regain your passion. Her holistically harmonizing and biohacking their body as she teaches you that with your mind, body, and spirit. But how does she do that? By activating yourselves with the tools, nourishment, and environment needed to work in your optimal potential. As she helps you create a lifestyle that targets your individual situation, the result you're going to get results in having a happier, longer, healthier, vibrant lifestyle that allows you to deal with the multiple demands of our life. And let me tell you, demands are big, right? Our yeah. entrepreneurship while fulfilling our dreams and our God-given purpose. So she came to do the work as a result of her own health journey after a massive stroke, multiple small strokes, TIAs. Wow. Multiple hospitalization, stress. Oh, come on. Who hasn't had stress from our jobs and dissatisfaction with the healthcare system? Her research and studies for a better way to care for herself and her loved ones helped her understand that we have to control our health outcomes. So she, so she regained her health by losing 65 pounds. You guys, she was able to lose her, leave her job and do the passion that she loves full time. Well, I, I, you have been through some stuff with your health and I'm with you, right? I truly believe like we have to take control of our health. When I go to my doctor, he will often say, oh, that's right. You like to do X, Y, Z, like mammograms. I do thermography and, you know, and he'll be like, oh, that's right. I need your thermography. So I tell us about like, walk us through when you're going through that health challenges and what was it like for you? Life was difficult. I, I, I felt myself like I was drug, drug out all the time. You know, when I have, when, since I was a baby, I suffered for many different things because I was a preemie baby. But, I, but as a teenager, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. And, and, and when you're a teenager and you're uh, not under your mama's care anymore, when you become a young adult, you're not taking care of yourself like you're supposed to. You know, so I was going to school and working. I was a single mom and I was doing all, all these things. I was not taking care of myself like I was supposed to. So I had a major stroke when I was 31. I was paralyzed on my left side. Okay, so I had to start learning how to walk, talk, everything again. 
And after that, I was in the hospital at least three times a year because what happened with me was that they give me a medication. They give me a, a set of medicines, okay? My body will get used to it. My blood pressure will start rising again. I start having symptoms of a TIA, a small stroke and uh, or chest pain, and I'm end up in the hospital. They give me another regimen, and this go and on and on and on and on. But never, nothing was healed, nothing repaired. I was getting worse, worse, and worse. Okay, I, I, I sometimes, it's by the mercy of God that I know that I did my job because I have no idea how I did IVs, injections. I did all these labs and stuff like that when I was under all that many drugs. And half of the time I have to fight the sleeping uh, because those medication make you sleepy, but I have to be awake at six in the morning. I had to be at work at that time. I had all the patients to take care of, you know, and you know how nursing and all this requires your mental focus. I have not, I don't know. It was by the mercy of God that I was able to function. And I got tired of being, and I see the same thing that was happening to me, to my patients. Were they getting another medication, another medication, another medication? But yes, medication will lengthen your life, will save your life, because I have to be thankful for our medical establishment that saved my life from the stroke. But it doesn't give you quality of life. And that's so true. Like the quality of our life, like we, how we live, our health makes a big difference for how we feel how we think, how we react, how we can move around with our own body. And when you're when you're sick, you know, you you just you can't. There's things you can't do. You can't bend. You can't you can't walk. You can't get out of bed easily. Those all those aches and pains are very, you know, overwhelming. I, I totally understand that. I've been there and I, you know, I'm so ex- proud of you for, you know, and the thing is like you took control. And I think that's what we have to understand is if those that are listening is like, you are in control of your body. It's your exactly. body. It's your choice. You need to control, you know, it's your decisions. To, oftentimes you go to the doctors, like I said before, they want to tell us what to do, but you have to communicate with them how you feel. Like I bring in notes often to my doctors. Like, this is how I felt. This is what I did. Do I need to be concerned? Right. And then they'll go, okay, nope, that's great. Like even my vitamin D, I take a great vitamin D. It's um, called isotonics and I carry it. And so I take a vitamin D and it's got K2 in it. And at one point I took, I take D and I take a B. And at one point he was like, Hey, pro your B is a little high. So I need you to cut back. So it's like, okay, but we communicate. Right. And so, so young at 31, you know, that's really young. So tell us what you did to take back the control. Like what was the pivotal point for you to say, I'm doing something about this? Well, the pivotal point was when I went uh, to the hospital, my daughter was giving birth. Okay, and uh, she was giving birth and they told her you need to walk back and forth in the hallway. And every single time you have a contraction, you need to squat because she wasn't dilated completely. So I was walking with her. But at one, of the, at one point when she was having the major contraction, I fell. They left me in the floor and I couldn't get up on my own. You know, they left me in the floor and they took her. That was embarrassing. And that was the point that I had to say, I want to live a long life to be able to enjoy my grandchild. At that point, my son, my youngest son was only eight years old. So I wanted to be able to also, you know, be able to to have the energy, play ball with him and do things and stuff like that. Plus, I wasn't happy with myself the way I look. You know, my self-esteem wasn't up there the way I wanted to be. Plus, I was tired with the things that was happening in the clinic. That's the same thing that, you know, nobody's getting cured, everything. So I decided first to do some research. So I went and researched into natural medicine, onto nutrition, into ajubadurba, onto functional medicine. And I started applying this thing into my own lifestyle. And things started to change. Now, I wasn't looking for a weight loss program. I was looking on how to control my blood pressure. 
you know, so that I don't have to need all that medication. I was con- I was trying to to find how to heal myself first because the thing people wait, uh, lose weight in order to get healthy, and that's not the way it goes. You need to get healthy in order to lose weight because what happens is that when you lose weight first, you lose weight and fast. But because that's a short term uh, thing that you do, you gain it back. Plus, you damage some processes and metabolism in your body. But when you get healed first, then when you lose the weight, you get to keep it. The, the weight loss, you get to keep it. So that's what I, try, I started doing. Then when I saw the changes on myself, then I decided to go back to school and study it so that I can teach other people what I was doing for myself. Now, I did not remove my medication myself like you do. I went to the doctor and the doctor had no choice but to removing and removing because of what I was doing and the things that I was eating and the exercise and the lifestyle, all that uh, helped me reduce my blood pressure. And the doctor had no choice but to cut me off. Do not please think that you're going to change to natural medicine and take off things on your own. No, please. You need to get the doctor to remove it. And something that I love that you said is about coming prepared to the doctor. And that, and and sometimes we blame the doctors for things that happen to us, but it's because we don't come prepared. If you you know they only have fifteen minutes with you, people fifteen minutes, a hundred people before you, hundred people after you. They have the EMR they have to work off and codification to get paid for, and then the only fifteen minutes that they have for you, if that half of it they spend it in a computer writing everything that they're trying to tell you, you're telling them. And if you don't come prepared, you know, like for example, I have patients, for example, that suffer high blood pressure, coming for the follow-up, but didn't come with a log of how the blood pressure was in the last two weeks. So what happened? They come to the clinic that day because some people, you know, they get nervous or whatever, their blood pressure shoot up. Now they don't let them go to out of the out of the clinic without lowering their blood pressure. Plus they add a medication that you probably didn't need. That's so true. Like I I love that you brought that up too. Like I when I coach with my clients you know, we're, we're not doctors here. We're not making medical, you know, um, we're not, I just want to preface that we're not, you know, we're not professionals here saying do this, do that, but we're saying our experiences are, and when I help my clients on their health journey, that's one of the things I talk to them about is listen, as you get healthy and you start making healthy choices, A, you're going to lose weight, but B, you're probably going to need to redo your medicines with your doctor. So it's really, really important that you track that, that blood pressure, because like you said, when you go in, you're nervous, all this stuff is happening. Maybe you had somebody cut you off on the on the road on the way over, you know, and so you, your blood pressure is high. But if you can go in with a graph and says, this is where I've been at, then they can look and go, okay, you know, they have something to work with. Because like you said, they're only with you 10, 15 minutes, if that long. And that's one of the things I do love about my doctor. So in my practice, I go see my husband sees the wife and I see, I see the husband. It's so funny. We <laughs> see opposite. And my doctor is all like, okay, what are you doing? And he lets, he lets me work with myself and him. His wife was the opposite. Like I went in one time, I was like, okay, my husband's not taking his vitamins. Da, da, da. And she's like, well, I don't believe in vitamins. Like, oh my gosh. I was just like, what do you mean you don't believe in vitamins? Like, <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. So, but I love that you talk about, we have to be prepared. We, you know, as you, and I love the thing you said too, is as you get healthy, you'll lose weight. Like these quick fix things, you know, I see some of them on the social media all over the place where, you know, you're cut back, just have protein, you know, and it's, it's just really fast. It's not like, it's not sustainable. You know, you lose it too fast when you go back and if you're not coached right, and if you don't have the right tools to, for maintenance, you're just going to put it all back on and you're just going to keep that roller coaster. And the, and the goal is to get off the roller coaster to maintain it. And that's, you know, I know for me, and I'm sure for you, when I coached my clients, I'm like, listen, you're going to get to maintenance. 
And here's what we're going to do. You're going to before like they used to laugh at me. I'd be like, these are the things you can't have right now. And they're like, I can't. I'm like, no, it's just no, not now. You can't have these things right now. But as you get healthier and you start making healthy decisions, I'm going to teach you how to have a pizza or a chocolate cake or something like that when you want to have it. Right. And so near the end, as I knew they're about to graduate to doing, you know, they've hit their health goals and they're they're understanding how to be healthier in their life. I would say to them, okay, now I want you to make me a list of all the things you miss while you're on this health journey to get, you know, the things that we said we need to pull back on. And they would make a list. So then I would talk to them about having a safe day. I hate the word have a fun day or have a free day, right? Because then it's like, oh, I can have fun eating all day or I can be free to eat what I want all day. And they would look at me and they would go, you're so funny. I would say you get to pick one or two items off that list and have it on your safe day. So there's, you know, for me, my safe day was always Sunday. And because we always did um, when my kids were younger, we would do chocolate chip uh, pancakes or waffles. So that was like my safe day. Right. So uh, tell me, Ida, when you work with your clients, like what do they when they come in and what what can they expect when they work with you? And what's the journey like as they go to learn to become healthier people? My journey is, is, is you have uh, uh, some steps. And, and that journey, I call it Medispa. It's, it's like an acronym. I first work with the mindset because some people, you can they can be doing all the healthy stuff. They can be eating right. They can be doing exercise. But if they don't have a mindset that they know they can do it and how to fight those urges and, and those negativity thoughts and lift the, uh, um, um, limiting beliefs, that they're not going to be able to, to stay on what they want. The one one. They need to understand why do you need to be healthy? Why do you need to become that CEO of your health that you need to be? I, I want them to understand that the same way they want to have control of relationships, they want to have control of their job, they want control of their purpose, they need to have control of their bodies. And to pretend that their body is their, their company and their cells are their employees and the organs are the instruments and the equipment and your systems are your departments and your nutrition and lifestyle is your human resources. So if you are the CEO, that means your mind has to let... To, to plan on giving the right things because you don't go and put water with gas to the car. Why? Because you know that your car needs gasoline. So the same way your, your, your cells, which is the smallest unit, need certain nutrients in order for them to work in the highest healing potential so you can have healthy tissues and those healthy tissues can make healthy organs. Those healthy organs will make healthy system. Then the systems can work together and give you an optimal health so that you can, What the whole purpose of all this is for you to be able to fulfill the purpose that God has given you. Without health, you cannot do it. So we work first in our mindset. Once we work in the mindset that now you know that you're going to become the CEO of your health, that you already make the choice that you want to be the CEO, then the next thing that you want to do is get educated. Okay, what do I need for my body to be healthy? And in that particular uh, period of time, I'm teaching them about nutrition. I'm teaching about the root cause of disease, how their cells work, intermittent fasting, all different things, depending on what is the, their condition, they're going to learn about that condition. Once they do that, then that you learn and you start changing the way that you eat and stuff like that, then you get ready to do a detox. You need to clean up, take off all everything that doesn't deserve you anymore. Let's clean up that pantry. They clean up that refrigerator. They clean up your cells, your organs. And, and the first thing that I do when I do a detox, the first thing that I do is a sugar detox because sugar is the, the common enemy of all diseases. Not only that, that when you remove sugar, you start, you start removing out all the guilty foods. You know, so they start that and then they concentrate in every organ in a 30 day, in a 30 day program to 
to uh, clean up every organ. And after that, then we go and work to uh, create an individual lifestyle protocol. That means what I need to do in order to take control of whatever my condition is. Uh, or the things that I want to prevent because I know my family also for diabetes and I'm pre-diabetic now. I don't want to become diabetes. So what do I need to do? What do I, how I prepare to navigate the healthcare system? If you're already in a condition that you, you know, been taking care of a doctor, how do I navigate the healthcare system so I can bring the, the important information that the doctor needs in order for him to do a, a better diagnosis and a better treatment for me? You know, and then they do that. After they do that, then they work with their spirituality. Because if you're not spiritually healthy, you can be in shape and healthy and stuff like that. But if your mind and your spirit are not in tune with your creator, who is, who is the, the source of life, the source of energy, the source of self-esteem, the source of identity, then you won't be able to, to, to keep it. So then we work in our spirituality. And after we work in our spirituality, then we work in a purpose. The reason why people are here, people that doesn't have a purpose, doesn't have a, a vision in their life, they go through life with no direction, doing things that harm their health, harm others, harm their relationships. So that's why it's important for them to have a purpose. And at the end, they, they, they learn how to have accountability and how to stay in action. And that's how I work with my clients. I love that you talk about too. Like, I love how you describe the body, like the, that it's a business, right? That's what I, t when I work with, when I coach my ladies and if they're a mom, they'll tell me, oh, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are a CEO mom because you are running the house and yeah. you have, it's a business. You have a business. You have a business of cleaning is part of the business. Getting the kids where they need to go is part of the business. And if you don't have kids, get in the household, whatever those things are that need to be done, that's a business. So no, 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 yes. you're running a business. Everybody has responsibility. So I love how you describe it, even down to the HR department or body. I just, I think that was so fun to hear that description. And then I love too, when you talk about, you know, the sugar, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent with you. We got to cut out the sugar because you know, I know there's been talk and I don't know, I haven't seen the studies recently, but they've been talking about how type three diabetes is really, I mean, Alzheimer's is really like a, a type three diabetes are saying now, right? So it's so yes. important for your brain health too. And then I love when you talk about having accountability, like we need to be accountable. And if we struggle being accountable to ourselves, whether it's your health and wellness, whether it's, you know, your spirituality, whatever it is for you, it's okay to go get help. It's okay to have of a coach. Course. It's okay to have a mentor. It's okay to hire a therapist. And, you know, oftentimes I see women when I'm coaching them, they're like, well, I don't want anybody to know I'm coming to you. I'm like, why? It's okay. But that's, you know, if you're not comfortable, it's fine. And understand that there's even coaches get coached. Like I often, you know, I've had many people that have come in to work with me like, oh, my coach, you know, she said I had to do this, this and this. And she said she did 100 percent of the time. And I was like, you need to fire that person because life is not perfect. And even coaches struggle with things in their life. I mean, you know, if, right. and the thing is, it's like for me, if as a coach, I do take the tools that I know and I coach with and I help myself with it, like losing my son in July, it was very hard. You know, it's nobody wants to lose a child. And so I knew the tools I had for my self-care, but I also knew I needed to go talk to somebody, right? I needed somebody to help me walk through the feelings I was feeling and make sure that I was using the tools I know from in the right ways. But the last thing you said really got me was you have to have a passion. 
and you know and that the passion and also you talked about our you know our creator i always talk about how you know no matter who you believe in whatever the higher belief you have we are brought into this world for a reason it's already been planned out our our path is planned out and we may not understand when things happen during the path but one of the big things i believe in is that you are brought here you have a talent and when you don't use something with that talent and or passion, you're cheating yourself, but then you're also cheating me because I if you weren't here sharing this, I wouldn't learn some of the things you're talking about, how to really look at my body as a business, right? But others wouldn't be hearing it either and you wouldn't be inspiring others. You wouldn't be changing lives. And so having a passion, it's so, so important to, to have that, that drive and something that you love to do. And I like to do what's called I love to say, create a to a not to do list. The things you don't want to do that no longer serve you, right? What doesn't serve you any longer? And so I love to create that because then I can look and go, okay, I can release those things I don't want to do. And then I write down the list of things that I want to do, the things that are important to me. And so that way, my passion of empowering women to become that Shiro, to wear that superpower of that cape that they can put themselves first without guilt. I can keep growing on that. And I can keep sharing that, math, that message I have. And I, I just love that you said that about passion, Ida. And so I would love to know, so you're working with everybody, you're doing this coaching. Um, so where did, I mean, I know you got healthy and, and part of that, but thinking back to when you were a little girl, like when you were a little girl, what were some of the things in in your spirit or at the time growing up that you were like, I want to do that? And what were some of those things for you? I have always liked medicine. I think because I was always in and out of doctors all the time because I was a premium, I suffered asthma. I had a heart murmur. I had to use braces for my legs. So I was always at the orthopedic. I was blessed with nice doctors and nurses through my to my youth, you know? So I have always wanted to be a doctor. That's what I wanted to be, a doctor. I even, uh, when it was like like career day in school or it was uh, um, Halloween, I always dressed as a nurse or as a doctor. Always, always. I even, one, I, I did pre-med as well uh, because I wanted to go to, to uh, med school. But at the time here in Orlando, they didn't have a med school. You had to go to Miami or you have to uh, uh, go to Gainesville. And I was a single mom. My, by that time, my daughter was about nine years old, and I really didn't want to leave her behind, you know. So I decided not to do that, and I I went back to and did lab instead, lab technology instead. But that's really what I wanted it uh, to do. So that was my dream always. Always medicine has been a curiosity. Uh, I learned. I think I know more than what my titles are supposed to be because I'm always in research and I'm always learning. In, for my licenses, I need to keep doing continuing education credits. But, you know, usually the people that doesn't have that passion, they do, you know, the A's and the first aid and the CPR that you have to do every year and they complete there. I try to do something new every single time so I can learn and I can help my clients even more. So I'm always in research, always learning, uh, always finding new things to do. So that was my passion. I have always been my passion, helping people. You know, I'm a people person. So working, helping people. And and that's another thing that sometimes it can be a positive but a negative when it comes to business. Because you like helping people. It's hard for me to know when to stop and start charging sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Isn't that the truth? And I think that's so cool. Like, I think a lot of us know when we're younger, 
you know, what it is we want to do. And we just, we either we tap into it or we just kind of go, oh yeah, I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. And at some point in our life, we circle back to what our passion was. Like, I know growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't have great examples of, of that. And I didn't have guidance counselors to talk about how you could get to college. So with help and my parents, they didn't know that information. They had no clue. So I know for me, that's, you know, that wasn't a path, but here I am, I'm coaching women and I feel like I'm teaching, you know, so it's just so yeah. awesome. And, and I just, I love that we know that passion and then you're right. Like I am, the, I'm the same way as you would describe, like, I just want to help people. And it's like, I forget. Yeah. I, you know, maybe it's supposed to be a half hour session. Here we are an hour and a half later and we're still talking <laughs> yeah. and coaching, you know, and, and I think that's, that's a lesson too, that we have to learn as people is, you know, as, as individuals is, you know, we, we want to be a people pleaser. So sometimes we have to pull ourselves back and not do that. Right. Cause that's, yeah. that's, that sabotages everything else in our day, our worth and, you know, things like that. So I just love that you that's shared right. that as well. So, okay. So you're coaching individually and group coaching. Is that what you're doing? I do individual and I do group coaching as well. Yes. And so and tell I me. I do health ministry in churches as well. You I do, do what? I do health ministry in churches. Oh, nice. And so through COVID, did you find yourself doing a lot of things on Zoom as well? As Zoom. Yeah, I did a lot of things on Zoom. Yes. Gotcha. So I, we're going to do a little shift here. And so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to, we're going to get um, all the information so you can reach Ida too today, but we're going to do a little shift. And if you've been listening to the show recently, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've, our show has grown. We have, we're on podcasts, we're on YouTube, and now we're on Radio 360 for women. And so I love, part of what I love to do is help women put their capes on first so that they can take care of their mind, body, and spirit, like what you've been describing today, but also so they can better take care of those they love, the things they love to do. So we're going to do a little shift here, Ida. And I want to know what, what was your, so you have how many kids again? I have a total of five, two five that kids. I birthed and three that are birthed out of my heart. Yes. So, so say that again, you have five kids. Five kids. Three are my, my husband's uh, daughters, but they're, they're born out of my heart. And then two that I birthed. I, I love that. Okay. So, um, so tell us five kids running a business, coaching people to become healthier. Walk us through what is a day for you and how do you incorporate your self-care? Like, where do you, what do you do for self-care and how do you put that in your life? Well, for me, for self-care, start with my spirituality first time with God, the prayer, the reading the word, the doing that devotional, doing the meditation, uh, walking and listening to worship music, uh, that will put me, you know, that is to start the day. You start the day in the, in, with the right foot forward when you put God first. And that's very important. So I don't start my day with doing clients and stuff like that until 10. Because my morning, you have to do that. I have to do that. And then, uh, you know, I have my tea in the morning, uh, uh, my tea in the morning and uh, I do my walking, either walking or I go to the gym. I, I try to go to the gym like three times a week or either I do a walking by the neighborhood. We have a beautiful lake by my neighborhood. So I just walk around the lake and, and, and it's, I, I love walking because walking, when you're walking, you can be meditating. You can listen to the word of God. You can listen to a book. So you are harmonizing right there. You're getting some of the things done at the same time that you're doing the walking. So I do that. And then, um, then I start my day uh, of working. Um, 
I make sure that I nourish my, my body properly. I practice intermittent fasting. So I have my tea in the morning. I don't drink coffee because coffee raises my blood pressure. I'm sensitive to caffeine. So that's why. So I take teas that doesn't have uh, caffeine. And then I, I prepare my like my uh, breakfast by 12. So I usually have my first two clients and then I have my lunch time and then the afternoon. And I make sure that I take a day off every week. You know, and, awesome. and spend time with the family, spend time with my husband, uh, spend time with my children. And the only thing that I have to optimize that I haven't optimized yet in making sure I get my eight hours of sleep. So that's I, such a great, that's a great point. You know, I, I love how you said you have that routine in the morning and you get up and you do your, your, your spiritual and then you have your, I love tea too. I'm a tea drinker, not a coffee drinker, just because I don't like coffee. But I love that you have that routine because you know, when we don't create a routine for ourselves, life can get chaotic, right? And then having five children, how old are your kids again, Ida? Well, right now they're not, they're not children. They're, they're 34, 33, 31, what, 34, 33, 32, 30, and 18. Wow. So while they were all home with you, let's go back to that. While they're all home, how many, at one point, when did you have, did you have all five of them with you at one point younger? Yes, yes, yes. When the okay. baby was born, when the 18 year old was a baby, they were all in the house, but okay. then they all went to college. <laughs> so, all- so walk us through, I, my, my kids are, you know, my youngest is 23 and my oldest is forever 25. So I remember trying to do work and trying to, you know, run the house and all the things that come along with our, our responsibilities as a, as a mom walk us through where and how did you fit in that self-care like has your routine uh, how long have you had the routine of getting up in the morning and taking that time and then when you found days were crazy having five kids at home I mean let's let's face it right some days it can be wild you got to get two or three here one there one sick you know whatever that, that is happening in our world how did you find time to make sure you're taking care of yourself back then I was working also you know when the so I didn't have a routine. I was going crazy. I that was when I was in all that medication. I didn't have no routine. Uh, you know, the kids go to school, come back home, and make dinner. The one thing is that I have a very supportive husband, and even though he worked very hard, he helped around the house as well. You know, and that helped. You know, and with the baby especially, he was excellent with the baby. When the my baby didn't go to daycare, he switched to the graveyard shift. So he took care of the baby. So when I got home, you know, the laundry was done. When I came from the work, you know, the dishes were done, things like that. So I just came and cooked because he, he wouldn't cook. So I, I will come and cook and serve the kids and they'll do their homework and things like that. So, you know, it was crowded because I wasn't feeling good all the time. You know, all these side effects of the medication and stuff like that. I was not in my optimal energy like I am now. You know, so my girls didn't get the same Ida, the same mama that my son is getting now with the energy and healthier and vibrant, like they didn't have that. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's hard because like you said, you know, you're, you're, it, life can be crazy, right? Like you were saying, life can be crazy and we forget, we forget to take time for ourselves because yes. we just feel like we have to do it all. We feel like we have to wear the cape for everybody. We have to feel like we have to do the, you know, rescue everybody. And we forget to do that for ourselves. And, and, it's important if you're listening now and you you feel like I'd have just described you perfectly. I'm going to challenge you to take five minutes a day, even if it's just five minutes 
Go sit outside somewhere, sit in a room and read a book, find a quiet space for yourself that you can just at least start with five minutes. And maybe it's just sitting quietly, listening to music, listening to a book, like Ida said too, going for a walk and listening to a book at the same time. It's a great way to get some self-care in because life can get crazy. And, and I think a lot of us grew up in, in the world where our moms did everything. Our moms yes. worked out of the house and took care of everything, you know, and you're right. Having the support is so, so important. I mean, my husband's very supportive. Before we moved from Virginia 17 years ago, I did mortgages and it was crazy when I was in the work, kind of like it was the past few years. And I would work long hours. We didn't have social media. We didn't have cell phones. We had pagers mm -hmm. and, you know, it was very different back then, but he would, I'd come home and he'd have the kids after work and he'd be doing those things and he'd do laundry, make dinner or what, what it might be because we we're both running the household together. And, you know, and if you don't have support and, you know, we have single moms that are listening to us create, I always feel, and I don't know how, if you've ever done this before, but create a, a swap day, you know, like a babysitting swap day. I like to call it where you say to your friend, Hey, you know, Mary Jane, I'm, That's how about we idea. do this? I'll watch your kids on Tuesday. If you take my kids on Thursday, right. And it doesn't have to be every week. It can be every other week. It can be once a month. Just find a partner that you can say, let's, let's help each other because we really, as women, we need to support each other. And, and even men, you know, we have a lot of single dads out there too. The same kind of thing applies. And I think when we can do that, and just take that time for ourselves, then we can have, you know, a, a better opportunity to take care of ourselves. And we are definitely, when we make that time, we show up better to our family, our friends, because when you, it's kind of like you describe it. I call it the cape. Some people call it filling your cup. If you're not filling your cup, you're filling it for everybody else. And that's just not good. You Would cannot you give out of an empty cup. I mean, you have to fill it up first. And it's better when you can give out of the saucer, out of the overflow. That way you can give quality. Otherwise, you're just giving whatever you can. And that's what I happened when, back then when I was not taking care of myself like I supposed to. And at one point, I was doing school, internship, work, the house, the kids, everything. So it was crazy. But now it's different. Now I prioritize me. It's not that I'm being selfish or anything like that, but if I don't have the energy, and I don't have the stamina to take care of you, I won't be able to do it right. So if you want me to take care of you right, you have to give me the space for me to take care of myself. I love that. And I love what you said, prioritize. And that's the thing. We have to prioritize ourselves because here's the thing. If you're not here tomorrow, it's all going to get done anyways. So exactly. prioritize yourself in there and you know, find the opportunities where others can help you. Because when you do that and you can put yourself first, it's it. Like you said, Ida, you can definitely show up better for those you love and the things you love to do, right? So yeah. I want to know. So tell me, what are some um, things you have on the horizon, Ida? That well, let me let me ask that question a second. I want to know. You have how many daughters? It's four daughters and one son. Oh, God bless your son. <laughs> so taking your experience with your self care and how life was so chaotic for you, you know, while they were growing up. What conversations do you have with your girls today about prioritizing themselves? Oh, I always tell them to take care of themselves. I tell them, you know, it's important for you to create a morning routine and a night routine. The morning routine is going to energize you so that you can have a good day. And then the night routine is going to help you close the day in a positive way and start fresh the next day. 
uh, I tell them to, especially to uh, practice gratefulness. Like in my routine in the morning, you know, I do my devotional, I do my affirmations, and I write three things that I'm grateful for when I wake up in the morning. Okay. And I do my prayer, my exercise, the day go by at night. Okay. I turn off the computer. I turn off everything. I prepare a tea. I make sure my room is an environment of sleeping. Then I write in my journal three things that I'm thankful that happened that same day. And I tell them to do that. What happened that way you can acknowledge no matter how bad the day was. You had a car accident. They called you to school that the kid was doing bad. You you got a fight with your husband. Whatever it is, there's always three things that you can do. You are alive. You wait today. You know, your hair didn't fall off. You, you, right there. You have three things that you can put there. So at least you close the day in a positive way. You know? And for people like me, I'm the kind of person that my mind is always going, going, going. So sometimes that's why I have an issue with falling asleep. I can go to bed on time. But sometimes I don't fall asleep at an hour later down because my brain's so dump do, do a brain dump in your journal and write everything, all the ideas, whatever is coming in, and then put some meditation. I put I put some uh, um, Bible verses, like healing uh, Bible verses video that will have soft music and the Bible verses coming in, and that help me go go to sleep, you know. And I do that through the night. So it's very important for them to do that. I also tell them that it's important for them to take time. You know, for their own, you know, bodies to take care of themselves, do exercise, maybe get a massage at least once a month, you know, do, do their nails. Those are things that they're not fancy things. Those are things that need to be done because it's your, it's your appearance. It's, it, you want to feel good. You want to feel pretty. And it's something that we girls like. So it's one thing that you have to make time for that. You know, I tell them like, to do that as well. And then make sure that then you spend time with your husband and spend time with your children. You know, uh, have day nights every week if you possibly can and schedule them so that way they don't, they are not uh, a surprise. I mean, they can be a surprise, but at least you know that you're spending time with your family. So that way you, you know, you'll be happy. But take care of yourself is the most important thing, not only in your spiritual, but also knowledge. Keep developing. You, when you, when you stop learning, you start dying. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I love that. When you stop, stop learning, you start dying. That's so true. If you're not doing something new. And I, I love, you're fine. And I love too that you talk to the girls about doing simple things and even things as such as massage. It's so I just had an hour and a half one on Saturday. It was just the most amazing thing. But it's so important to do those things. And even as simple as doing your own nails at home. Like if you can't afford to do your nails, mm-hmm. doing your own nails at home, it's, it's quiet, it's relaxing, it's rewarding. You know, finding those simple things to do is so, so important. I, I love that you share that with the girls. And then I love you talk about the morning and the night. You're right. I mean, how we go to bed at night can change how we wake up in the morning. Yes. And, and I too, I liked, I found actually on YouTube, I love the ocean and YouTube, I found a live ocean view. So it's live. And my husband goes, I always see it at night. I go, because we're going to bed at night. <laughs> but I love it. Sometimes I put it on during the day. He's just not home. But I also love that you put on like affirmations, you know, Bible stuff and things that, you know, we can listen to. We go to bed and, um, you know, that that going to bed, I've tried to make a commitment. I've gotten really good about it recently about putting the phone away and not looking at it before I go to bed and, and those kind of routines, it really affects our self-care. And yeah. so I love uh, you share that. So I, I have a question for you. When somebody says, if I was to ask you, what does harmony mean to you? How would you answer that question? Okay. Harmony is for me, harmony is to have peace. 
to have peace and 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 to be able to do everything that you need to do without uh, compromising your time, compromising your family, compromising yourself. You know, and when you harmonize things, it's like doing a task that doesn't require too much of your mind with one that requires. For example, uh, let's say you need to read a book. You want you want to get into a custom that you want to uh, make sure that you do personal development and you want to read at least eight books a year. Okay, so you, so you can say, I'm going to put Audible in my headphones and I'm going to do my exercise and listen to Audible at the same time. You're harmonizing right there. Okay, I want to spend time with my child, but I also want to leave a legacy on my child of being good and do and do kindness. Okay, well, I'm going to feed the homeless every other Saturday and I'm going to take my son with me to feed the homeless. And not, right there, you're, doing, you're harmonizing two things. Uh, I want to have a date with my husband but I might not have that much money right now, okay? But I also need to eat, you know? Okay, so let's cook together. Do something fun. You're spending the time. You're at home. It's only you two. You're cooking together. Make it romantic. Put the candles and the flowers and the whole night yard and cook together. Eat together. Watch a movie. And you are harmonizing right there. So that's for me is harmonizing. It's actually a little bit of what I'm going to be talking in our conference. Yes, so I'm ex- I can't wait to hear you talk. So Ida and I are going to be... Um, speaking in the Kingdom Conference on January 7th. It's totally free. And um, if you go to my Facebook page, Pearl Sharenza, you'll find it there. Um, but it's going to be a great, great time. I'm excited to be able to share there too. And that's how I met Ida was at the at, during the conference um, pre-stuff. And so it's, it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about some of the things we're talking about here. And so I want to ask you, who inspires you, Ida? Let me tell you, who inspires me? My mom. Well, I have a, a lot of people in different areas that inspire me. But my mom, for example, she was like the leader of the family, of the house. She was able to work, keep a house. I don't know how she did it all. And always be in good disposition. Always be happy, hopefully smile, no matter how many things she had to do. And the way that she took, she gave me a good example of marriage also. The way that she treat my father, and I never, I never experienced them fighting. I never saw them fighting. People are gonna tell me I'm crazy. My parents, my father, my father passed away a few days after they celebrated their 58th year anniversary. Okay, and I never, even as a child, see them fighting. I knew they were angry at each other because then my mom was instead of say, "Honey," or you know, in in, in in the Hispanic community, we call it negrito or baby or things like that. He would never call it by the name. But whenever my mama say Hector Cirino, the whole full name, I knew was something. And my mom, even when they were angry, she never stopped serving him or anything like that. It, it was like, uh, if they were angry, I knew because she would say, Hector Cirino, dinner's in the table. And the dinner will be served like always. But you knew that there was something going on there. But never saw them fighting they always show so much love to my mom, you know, as a woman, she she's like my, my pillar as a woman, how she is. And then as uh, when it comes to my career, you know, what I do in the medicine, a person that it was uh, my my uh, was my, a doctor I worked for. I used to work for his, his name was Dr. Pina. When I came, his name is Sanford Pina. He's going to be about 90 years old right now. But when I first came to work with him was when I. I was a single mother, and then before I went to college, I did all my college after I became a single mother, okay, because I got married way too young. I was 18. Then I had my daughter at 20, and I got divorced while I was pregnant. 
So I have my daughter and, and then I started school and everything. So what I decided to do is let me go to technical school first. Give me a short career, start working and then get it from there. So I went and I did lab assisting and I did nurse assisting. And I went into uh, in, into that job with that doctor. The doctor saw my potential and he was the one that paid my college. So I, I did pre-med, but then I couldn't go to, but then I did the lab check there and then he opened a lab and I was the one that opened the lab in the in the in their clinic and everything so those are the two people that are really and of course my husband as well my husband is the most peaceful man i ever known in my life he's a man of god he's always preaching to everybody you know that every single day even when he got sick recently uh where he got a uh, they give him a medication they give it in a very reaction that's gonna be another show that i have to do because i my husband was in in uh dialysis and they told him that he was going to be forever. And with my nutrition and change, he was in dialysis for only four months. And that's another story. But my husband, even when he was in the hospital with the dialysis and everything, he still sent devotional and scriptures to over 100 people every day at six in the morning sharp. That's amazing. You have some great great people have inspired you. I love you described your mom and it, it kind of reminds me, you know, we're, so that's interesting. So when my parents argued, they just didn't talk for days and all of a sudden everything was fine. But I love that you said your mom would call him by his name. Like <laughs> that was so cool that she'd call him by his name. And then you kind of knew and, and what a great example she gave you for communicating, you know, like I call you baby and honey, but when I got mad at you, I'm going to just let you know, here it is, <laughs> you know, kind of like when we were kids, you know, right. We grew up, they, they call us by our name, but then all of a sudden it's like Pearl Allen, you know, it's like, Oh, mama <laughs> means something. <laughs> that's so cool. And I love that you described how the doctor believed in you and he found the opportunity to help you, you know, to grow. And he, he wanted to help you with that education and I just think that's so powerful. And I too, my husband is just amazing. I love, how long have you guys been married? 20 years. Okay. We're 35. So I just love that you, you know, I too, I was like, he's my, I, I don't know what life would be without him. I, you know, he's my soulmate. We've been married 35 years and been together 38. So it's just been amazing. And I just love that. But I want to go back because let's talk about for a second before your husband, here you are, you're married, you're pregnant. And you're getting divorced. How how far along were you? I was six months uh, along. My my ex husband. You see, I got married young. You know when you're young and stupid and don't listen to your parents. Yeah. Okay, because you feel that you know it all. I'm a, I come from a Hispanic uh, uh, culture where the girls supposed to clean, cook, and never go out nowhere. But the kids were able. The boys could, were able to do extracurricular activity and be in the basketball team. I couldn't do nothing in the school. I couldn't go to dance. Court, nothing. Nothing that was extracurricular. I was not able to do it. Because I wasn't allowed. Because I'm a girl, and by ten years old, I know how to cook a big meal and everything. I'm great at the kitchen. That's one of my talents too. Because of you know the way that they raised me. But I, you know, when you're a teenager, you want more. You want more. So the first boyfriend I had, I got married. My mother told me. My mom told me that she didn't like him. My father told me that she didn't like him. But I still was stubborn, and I did it anyway. And it ended up to be that he was abusive. He used to hit me and stuff like that. And of the many beatings that I got, I got one when I was pregnant. And when I get out of, uh, of the hospital, I never went back to him. I went back God to God bless you, because that, cause I, that's hard. I mean, here you are, you know, you hear stories that, that, you know, that of abuse and women go back and go back and go back. And, and here you are, you're pregnant and you have that happening again. And, you, you know, you have that strength, you have that belief that, you know, you're going to be okay. And, 
And to do that, and you know, to me too, that's also an example to your girls to say, no matter what the circumstances is, even as young as I was, as pregnant as I was, I knew I had to be treated better. And I stood up for myself. That is just like amazing. I'm so proud of you. And what a great, that's a story too. That's a book too. Yeah, that's that's another story. I just, I came back to my parents' house and within six months I gave birth and within six months, I already have my own apartment, my own car, my own place, and everything. Good my parents told me, give me the push, you know, and, and I did what I had to do. But I was living by, and, and I never lived in my parents' house again ever since I uh, uh, moved out with them. But then I was a single mother, and I did school and work at the same time with my daughter. And at the beginning, he was he was never involved in my daughter's life. When my daughter became an adult, then he became involved. Right. And he asked forgiveness to my daughter. And now they have a real good relationship. That's and he has changed. He's another man now. He has, you know, accepted the Lord and, and he's, he's another man now. So he's okay, you know, he's okay. I'm okay with everything. I forgive a long time ago. If I couldn't forgive him, I would never have a good relationship that I have with my husband right now. Right. And that's so important to understand is like forgiveness. Like forgiveness is so important. It's so important to our self-care. It's so important for us to fill that cup, wear that, wear that cape first because when you can't forgive, that's, that's heaviness. You know, my, my oldest was born of our heart. Um, we adopted him as a month old and my dad and my mom, like for 10 years, we were trying to have a family. They were that them and my grandparents were like right with us at, attached, helping us and being our cheerleaders. And so we adopted Matthew, he's Haitian and Czechoslovakian. So he's mixed race. And at first everything seemed fine. But when my son got older, I started seeing where my dad was becoming racist to, to him mm-hmm. and it got really, really bad. And I had to step back and go, this isn't acceptable. You don't get to do this. And I, I severed my ties with him because um, I found some things out that he had done to my son. And what I did was I, I wrote an obituary. My, my priest told me one time, we don't get to pick our parents, but we love our parents. You know, they're yeah. already picked for us. But we can set the rules for our game of life of who can be in our in our ball game or not. And I just decided, you know what? He can't be in my ball game ever again. So what I did is I wrote an obituary of him being my father. I forgave him and and just said, you know what? You are Milo Knapp. You are not my father. You don't earn that right anymore because you don't treat people this way, especially your grandson and my son. And, and I forgave him, you know, and I did that forgiveness process. And, and, you know, somebody asked you years, a, a few years after that I did, went through all that process, he got sick and somebody's like, do you, you know, do you want to, I'm like, no, I don't need to see him. He's not my father. He's, you know, he doesn't deserve the respect of that visit because fathers don't do that to their children. And so I love that too, that you shared how, you know, unfortunately for my dad, my dad has no belief in God. He, you know, he made my mom stop taking us to church when we were younger and all those kinds of things. My dad was definitely a narcissist. And so I love that you can say about your ex-husband that look how far he's come and the forgiveness and the smile that was on your face. And you said that like that proudness of he he's, you know, he's on a great path. It's, it's so powerful that when we can do that forgiveness, it's not just powerful for them, but it's, important for our self-care would you agree yes let me tell you let me tell you something about forgiveness forgiveness can give you ulcers forgiveness can give you cancer when i used to work in an oncology office i had two ladies okay that have the same diagnosis and prognosis one was 52 and the other one was 38 they all have the same type of breast cancer and the same prognosis now the 52 year old have all the comorbidities she was diabetic and have high blood pressure she was overweight the 38 years old was a young woman that have no 
prior conditions or whatsoever, have a body healthy as, as a rock, you know, but she, you know, become, but she was going through a divorce. Okay, she was going through a divorce. So she was blaming the husband for everything, blaming the husband for the stress because of the stress to have the cancer. And when she come, the attitude that she had when she came to the clinic, it was like, you have to serve me because I might die soon. And she was cursing at you and talking, you nasty and stuff like that. The 52-year-old was all full of love, praying for everybody because the, she didn't like the snacks that they gave at the, at the cancer center. She would bring snacks for everybody that was doing chemo that she will bake herself and everything. She was always in a smile and stuff like that. The only thing she asked the, the Lord was, I want to live long enough to see my youngest kid graduate high school. Okay? The 38-year-old woman that had the same prognosis that didn't have no ex uh, condition, only no extra conditions and stuff like that, died within a year. The other lady not only got to see her son graduate high school, graduate college, get married, and have her first child. She died 12 years later. That's the power of forgiveness and a positive attitude. What people don't understand is like, uh, if you understand, if you look at your brain, you know, you have your consciousness, which means that when you're awake, when you make your decisions, and then you have your subconscious. Subconscious where you have all your memories, everything that has happened to your life, everything that you have learned is in your subconscious. Then you have your emotions. Your emotions. Is, is in the side, okay? So pretend that your subconscious is a bowl with all your memories there. That's Pretend that's Lucky Charm. You have the marshmallows and you have the oats. Okay, the oats are all the bad stuff that happened to you and the marshmallows are only the only good stuff that happened to you. And then the spoon are the emotions, okay? So when you have unforgiveness, you have unforgiveness, it's like you rent the space to somebody in your brain that is keep putting garbage into your, putting more, more oats into your bowl. Why? Because every single time that you have hate for somebody, you think, you know, how they did this to you, how I'm going to talk to them the next time I see you, how I'm going to curse you all the next time I see you, okay? Uh, relieving everything that you have done. And then when something good happened to you, they are blocking everything to coming into the bowl. No more marshmallow. Every time they, they like the tennis ball. Hitting, hitting, no more marshmallow can come into your brain. Blocking that. And what they do that, all this information is going to every cell in your body because your brain is connected to every cell. So everything that you think, everything that you speak, that's why the power of life and death is in your mouth. Every single thing that you is connected to it. So that's how you get sick. That you increase your inflammation, you increase your oxidative stress, and you get disease. So that's why it's important for you to forgive, not so much for the other person, but for your own health. It's essential you don't forgive you can do all the other pillars of health right and you don't forget you're gonna get sick that is so powerful i love that you, you did such a great picture of that the lucky charms i love that and the emotion is the spoon you're right and and what we're putting on the spoon is our choice too you know mm -hmm. and we have to forgive because like you said we can't we can't move forward we can't be a hundred percent of who we want to be and i think that i love that analogy you shared with us so I, we're, we're getting near the end here. And so I want to ask you, um, so we do this little thing. Everybody knows that we have this great little thing we do with these cards. So I did tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me in uh, Facebook at RX, RX, like prescription, RX number four, Everlasting Health. RX number four, Everlasting Health, all through my name, Ida Serino Lee. And also have a, a, a group called Biohacking Tools for an Everlasting Health. Biohacking Tools for an Everlasting Health. That's another group. You can find me in Instagram also 
as Rx Forever Health. And um, I got my website is right now it's under construction, but the the uh, direction of the uh, website is www.rxforeverhealth.com. And I'm so also I love that Rx Forever Health. I love that. You can also find me on Amazon because I have a book and, a, and, a, and a workbook that will walk you through my healing process that I was talking to you before. Mindset, education, uh, detox, uh, uh, your individual lifestyle protocol, spirituality, purpose, and accountability. And it will so work. Jumpstart you. your everlasting health is on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. So I, I will post all that when we share everything. We'll make sure we post all your links as well. So everybody who's listened to us before, know at the end of the show, we do these cards. They're called Better Questions, Better Life. I don't get any kickback. I love these cards. There's 70 different cards you can meditate on, journal on, but they're called betterquestionsbetterlife.com if you want to get them. So Ida already knows. I'm going to shuffle the cards. She's going to tell us when to end. So go ahead, Ida, tell me when to stop shuffling. Stop. All right. So your card says, what matters most? So what matters most to you? What matters most to me? Uh, the thing that matters most to me is having a relationship with God. If I have a, rel- a relationship with God, I know who I am and what I was created for. And I'll be able to uh, minister that love of God to other people because my God, my, my, my own love can be conditional, but the love of God is unconditional and forever. So if I'm connected with him, I'll be able to give the same thing that he's giving to me to others. So having that relationship with God is essential. Without God, I can do it. So without God, we cannot even breathe. Because if he said, you're not going to breathe anymore, that's it, you're gone. So for me, that's the most important thing, God first. Awesome. You have God, the word of God says, seek the, my kingdom and your righteousness and everything else will be added. So if I'm in good standing with God, I know my family will be good. I will be good and everything will be good in the name of Jesus. Yay. I love that. You know, our spirituality is so, so important and how, and keep it in check is really that's been my saving grace for the past six months is relying on my my faith as well. So I've been so happy to have you on the show today. And I'm so excited to share everybody with you. And so for our listeners that are listening, I want to remind you that we do have our Shira League meeting every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. It's totally a fun group of women that come in. We are not recorded on Zoom. You can show your face or not show your face, but it's all about finding joy, putting our cape on first and becoming that sure of our lives. We celebrate, we support, we just have a great time. We have great speakers and meditations once a month. So if you want to learn more, you can just go to pearls. You, I'm sorry, you can email me at pearl at wsliving.com. That's pearl at wsliving.com. But I want to remind you, we have to always make sure our self-care is in check. So if you want to know where you're rating on your self-care and what your score is, just go to pearlssurvey.com. That's pearls with an S. So pearlssurvey.com and see how you how you are scoring. And if you want to learn more, I'd love to talk to you about it. So as we always say, we come into this world, we are a little, we're an oyster with some sharp, sharp shell on the outside, got some hard edges on the outside. But as you look inside, you find your inner pearl of greatness. And I hope each and every one of you had a great time today. And I can't wait to see you and hear you next time. And have an amazing day.